Hey everyone, on this episode of the Your Life, Your Term show, we are speaking with Jim and Jamie Shields. Jim is someone that we've actually crossed paths with with about uh, 15 years ago um, at, when we were speaking at a real estate conference in Alberta, and Jim was there as well. We kind of lost track, uh, touch for a while, and then we crossed paths again in California a number of years ago, stayed in touch. Actually, uh, I went down to check out what he was doing in Florida because he was flipping hundreds of properties, and I couldn't believe it. At the numbers that he was saying, I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. How are you actually doing this? But he was doing that, and then Tom and I have gone down multiple times and kind of spent some time with Jim and his wife, Jamie, and uh, both just excellent people. And Jamie's involved in the real estate as well. And together, they also have uh, their first book was The Family Board Meeting. They have another book coming out, a more real estate focused book next year. But the family board meeting is all about helping entrepreneurs, investors, you know, really people that have this go-go schedule all the time to really step back and, and determine what's important and where to, where to and how to structure their time accordingly to really focus on what might be more important than always just chasing the next goal and maybe it's establishing some relationships with people important in your life. And that's been, a, been eye-opening and some conversations we've had around that has been really eye-opening for us. So um, it's been a great conversation. We talk about Florida real estate, the family board meeting, um, some health and nutrition, a variety of different things, and just Florida real estate in general, what's going on there, as well as the build to rent strategy. So with that, enjoy the show. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. All right. So you guys finally made the trip up. We are here. Yeah. Jim and Jamie Shields. And well, you've been here a number of times. Number of times. Right. Have you, have, how, how often, have you been up here before or how often have you been up here? I mean, I've been I to realize. Canada, but not, not Toronto. Space. Correct. My first time. Oh yeah. Whereabouts? West coast. Then you went to. So we did uh, Cape Breton, Nova Scotia, like oh, East coast. Oh. all the way up. Moncton. Yeah. yeah, coastal people. You coastal okay. Florida people. Eh? You we won't come into the city, into the big concrete city. That was one of our big RV adventures. We did a six week ad- oh, adventure with the family. That. Yeah, from, from cool. Florida up to Nova Scotia. That's awesome. How long ago was that? Five, four years. Yeah, four years. So the right kids, before the pandemic. Yeah. Right when you were allowed to come in. Yes, yes you, we were because but for a while there we couldn't let anyone into this country. It was too dangerous. Yeah, and Jamie right. tried to sneak a lemon over the border. Out of Nova Scotia, and we got detained for like an hour. No, did you? I was nervous. They separated me from everyone for a lemon. <laughs> but why for the lemon? Because it, something it's about produce. produce. Yeah. yeah. I just thought because we were when I went to um, Australia. So mm. you're lucky that didn't happen in Australia. So I didn't realize. I took. I don't eat the plain food, right? So I took a bunch of food on the plane. And uh, we got there, and I don't know how many hours we had been flying for a long time. And I, you know, I'm not even thinking about the sign saying the extra food. I had food in my bag that I brought just to eat on the plane. Like I wasn't actually taking food in. And I guess it came up on either the, the dogs or the x rays, and they weighed it all, and they're like, I got in a lot of trouble. And they're like, look, if this was anything more, you'd be going to court tomorrow. You'd be arrested and going to court. Wow. Because, I, because so like it's seeds an, or because something? Because I had some cured meats on a sandwich. Oh, meats. Okay. And then I had some grapes. 
That was Ooh. pretty much it. And the rest Produce then was... a big deal, yeah. apparently. Yeah. And, and because they're on an island, they're like, we can't... You know, it, it just makes... But it I thought though. because Canada and, and the U.S. Were, were together, I mean, what's the difference? I mean, things are going to cross that border, right? You would yeah. think. They demonstrated for me. They showed me the types of bugs that I was going to be bringing from one. Oh, did other. they? Yeah, it was, that was very, nice of them. very interesting. Yeah. And well, it, I got so sick, I had a stomach ache, and everyone kept making fun of me because not only did I... She's our rule follower, so we were oh. all laughing that she got in trouble for it, you know, and... Oh, so you were great time with um, the kids. Me and, me and the older boys yeah. were just hysterical. And so <laughs> knowing that she's freaking out alone. <laughs> Completely freaking out. <laughs> she was poor thing. She I usually take the butt of the jokes. She definitely, definitely did that <laughs> I came back once from the US and we, we had to go to Ohio and um you know those firework stores on the on the highway? I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna get some good fireworks. I think Canada was coming up. I'm gonna get some good ones. Filled up the trunk, okay? <laughs> Fill up the whole trunk. I'm like, this is I want the, the guy took us to like this. He's like, Oh, you want the good ones? He took us this like side shed. He goes, These are the Secret competition room. ones, right? And uh, so we're coming back and the customs officer asked me, they're like, Oh, you you have anything to clear? I'm like, Yeah, yeah. I have like some fireworks. I'm bringing fireworks back. They're like, Oh, you meet mean um explosive devices <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> i'm like oh uh, when you put it like that it doesn't sound the same as what i was thinking so that's that's another story for another day yeah, yeah that didn't go too well either but uh cool so look for anyone that doesn't know jim and I, I we were just talking about this before so we've known each other now for 15 years about that right yeah. about that but it might even be how much we kind of just briefly chatted that event that we met at well we were on were we on stage together? We were on a panel. Like, we were on the panel, yeah. yeah. So we only hung out for like an hour, but then somehow we kept weaving back in and out. I think it was through Julie brought because Dave and Julie, Dave yeah. and Julie, you knew, mm -hmm. and then we heard your name a couple times, or we had spoken or something. So I was like, oh yeah, I remember those guys, right? And then uh, to your credit, when when at Mastermind Talks, you came and said, "Hey, to me," I'm like, "Who are you?" <laughs> Thanks, Nick. <laughs> no, uh, no, but because he looked so different, though, because he had short hair before and stuff, but you had the whole surfer look going on. I'm like, man, I don't even like recognize you. You did look a lot different, to be fair. No? I, I had, I went from like a a short faux hawk to longer hair. Yeah, sure. Our children make fun of him. I had a girl to impress it by that time. Yeah. Oh, that's Jamie. why. Our children are like, wow, Dad looks way cooler now. Oh, and you take credit for that. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. So look. I don't know where do we go first. You guys, I, I like the eighteen summer stuff. I, I love Florida real estate's always exciting. You know, how about give everybody an idea from the real estate side now what you're up to in Florida, or kind of what brought you there? Just kind of what you were doing maybe in California a little bit, and kind of you know what you were doing then in Jacksonville and, and where you are today. Yeah, I mean, this started for me almost twenty five years ago, which sounds crazy. I mean, that was in California, you know, and fixer upper homes. That was kind of my first niche, and that first niche I went into, I joked it was super exciting, but it almost bankrupt me. <laughs> and then, uh, so that's what what twenty five years we're talking talking ninety eight. It was nineteen ninety eight. I started investing. Okay, which is crazy. I can't believe that we're going into the twenty fifth, just about to hit twenty five years. Yeah. And, you know, California originally was, was good to me um, and did bulk foreclosures, um, but didn't, I didn't know how to do diligence. I but didn't know talk to, about bulk for a second, because how many were you doing? Well, by the time you came to see me in Florida, we were doing about 10 to 15 a month. Yeah. And that was outrageous to me. Yeah. I, you know, because I'm like, let's see how these guys are doing this 10 to 15. And then we, you took me to, I forget how many we went to, but I was like, they're really doing 10 to 15 a month. Like it was no exaggeration. Yeah. And it, and it was good by that time. That was like phase two of my real estate career. And, and we were, we were making money. 
but man, I was, I, your life, your terms. No, my terms was, I was married to those. And, yeah. you know, we changed the model about 10 years ago. And, uh, and now I hung up my rehab shoes. I don't, I don't do rehabs and that's what we're doing now, which is called build to rent, which was crazy for me in my own little insulated world of where we are that you and Tom are like, we haven't heard that term. I'm like, really? That's like a common term now down where we are, but it just shows how, I mean, we have so many similarities in our real estate investing, but that one didn't cross, but that's our main focus. Yeah. I've we never heard someone, well, it was like the first time I heard Burr. Right, you know the Burr strategy. Mm. I mean, I forget who put. I don't know who is going to take credit for putting the acronym together, but I'm like Burr, and someone told me, you know, to build, uh, renovate, renovate, refinance, the whole thing, right? And um, and I was like, oh, okay, well, that's like that. I used to call that just refinancing a property. Yeah, <laughs> you know, what like I mean? I've been doing that. I never knew it was Burr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like that's. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, so, but. Um, but yeah, because we have a lot of people that are putting in secondary units or even garden suites and mm -hmm. laneway housing because in Toronto, we need more housing units. So they've recently changed the law so that on a single family building lot, you can now have multiple units as of right. So you don't need to go for zoning variances and all that. You might, depending on some circumstances, but it's a lot easier to be able to have those those yeah. units there because we need we need the housing, right? Yeah, it makes sense. Um so, uh, Jamie, are you going to take credit for that, too, that he got out of that business because it wasn't on his terms? So it was definitely a big transition because we were growing our family from the two big boys to adding two more. And then we the now third. have our, our bonus uh, fifth. <laughs> They're all bonuses. Count them all up. That's five total. Five total. Yeah. 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 Just it's, in case anyone's wondering. <laughs> very clear. Yes. There were big shifts that needed to happen. And, and so one of those being health or, you know, growing your family or really repurposing, refocusing what matters to live on your terms. And I think that we realized that we wanted to work smarter and not harder and focus on those things that really matter. And so really the, the story that we're telling here today is essentially what our new book is in, in February, how we create passive income to live our legendary family life. And I think that's what it came down to. It got on, to a point where it was time to make a, diff, a, a change. Yeah. I could never, so like to fast forward here, like, you know, one of my favorite things is we live a few months out of the year in Costa Rica now. I mean, that's where we got married. I love it. My old model of doing bulk foreclosures, there's no way I could be doing that today if I was still in that old model. And now we have more cash flow, more equity. We're working with more investors because we changed the niche and we, we built up a different team and that's made all the difference. So... It it, one thing that has always impressed me uh, about y y Jim first, because I, I hadn't met you, you know, and, and, and you both, um, is that you always kind of took that into consideration, maybe not always, but there came a point where you took that into consideration about the lifestyle and about the importance of family. And you didn't just say, because in real estate so often, it's easy to get caught up into how many doors do you have? How many properties a month are you flipping? How many, you know, it's always these numbers. It's this incestuous community sometimes mm -hmm. that's just about that. What was the trigger to be able to take that step back and think, hmm, you know what, maybe I'm doing this for a reason and I need to focus on that reason or give at least, you know, a part of my good attention to that reason as well. Yeah. I think at one point in, in the beginning, correct me if I'm wrong, I think the more the doors, the sexier you are, right? Like it was like a, oh, yeah. it was a badge. It yeah, was a, talk, you know. I mean, it was the, the hundred house club. If you, you bought a hundred houses, not even doors, we did houses, your life was set. And I got nearly double that. 
and my life was not set. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of spinning plates and crashing plates, and it it, it it was like the treadmill was going faster and sideways. But I wasn't getting that. I wasn't buying back my time. It wasn't on my terms, like you said. And I think it, we really took inventory and said, it feels great to have all these properties but what does it produce every month? Mm-hmm. What, what am I? Am I robbing Peter to pay Paul? Am I giving this back? And it, it made me, I think, just seeing that, like you know, having breaking points, stress. I'm not able to go away. Capital's short, but I show all this stuff on paper. You know, you you have these real comings to Jesus, and you're like, I need to take inventory. And we took inventory, and I was able to see I could own a lot less of better quality and get better results. Hmm. And that was a huge thing for me. And I also said I could be elsewhere. Like when we were just talking about, there's no way I could have been doing my old model when you came down, you know, 12 years ago and doing bulk foreclosures. I could not have left Florida and driven up the coast for six weeks on that old model. Not with the way my company was set up, but today, you know, we're able to do that. And that, that show, and, and I want to make this clear. We own way less numbers of properties now than we used to. But we have more equity and more cash flow than we've ever had. Mm-hmm. Much better properties. Yeah, and the properties, <clears throat> a lot of the, the short-term rentals, you manage those, correct? Yeah, so I rehab them all. I kind of have the vision for them. Jim and I will find the deals That's together. why they're so cute. Then That's why they're so seaside and like the, the decor just matches the, the, air, the area. The, at least the one that uh, I saw was in... Yeah. Was it, no, it wasn't in Jacksonville. Was it? Is, is that St. Augustine? St. Augustine. That, that yeah. is still part of St. Augustine where it was? Okay, I, I don't even know. Yeah. So so we do a blend, but it's definitely higher end property. And, and my rule now, Nick, is I own less of better quality with less leverage. Mm-hmm. I was the opposite. When, when me and you were those young men on stage <laughs> still, it was... I want to leverage into as many properties as I can. I'll take deferred and, and so-so areas and... You know, just run with it. Very different approach today. Do you think it comes from when I, because when I started investing, I was all for that as well, but I also, I didn't have much else. So to be able to start, I needed that leverage yes. to be able to get into it. Yeah. And then, you know, slowly that did change. But at first I was like, yeah, you know, if I can get a property with five bucks, yeah, here's, you know, just, it's fine. Like I'll, I'll go all in. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I guess maybe because often I think a lot of people start when they don't have a bunch of cash and they have to start that way. Do you just do you think you just get caught up in doing the same thing over and over without being able to, you know, to reevaluate and be like, maybe I should do it? Because I see it still happen with people all the time where they're just after more for more sake. There's not real any planning to it. I almost think of it like a credit card or you buying the next car. You know, as soon as your car is outdated, you go and buy another one, but it's not paid off yet. And you just kind of keep digging more and more and having more things, but you don't necessarily have a greater value and definitely not a better life. It's more of a hamster wheel. Mm-hmm. Who who came up? Okay, so then this this started changing some stuff. Who came up with the 18th? Is, did you guys hear about the 18th summer kind of like what you've shared before? Or is that someone that, one of you guys that kind of came up with that? So we started giving... Talk. Just for the record, hey, Jamie's smiling while you're talking, so you better get this story accurately. Oh, it's just sweet. <laughs> I sm- yeah, I love stories about uh, our family. Okay, okay. And really, it started, you know, we, the family board meeting philosophy, which is our first book that came out, was just a, a framework that Jim created to get closer to our boys. And so that first Christmas we spent together. So when we met, I had 
two beautiful boys, full custody. And um, as we were getting to know each other and fall in love, he was also falling in love with and getting to know these two beautiful boys. And so that first a bit to the mic. That first there Christmas, uh, he gave the boys quality time coupons. So essentially it was a, a gym day. And the boys were like, well, what's a gym day? And he's like, we just get to hang out all day long. You pick what we're going to do. And we get to hang out all day long. And my phone goes off. My phone goes off once a quarter. And so really that's where this, it all began, this real grassroots following of this framework. And then somehow it turned into a midnight talk that we wrote. Jim had like, you know, months. It was at a large, yeah, entrepreneur marketing event. They said, we want you to get up and talk about family. And I talked about this strategy, the breakthroughs I had had, the boys had just asked me to adopt them. It's a pretty touching, emotional story. And um, and I was there and he cried. Yeah, on stage in front of 600 people. It was terrible. But and it was the first time he gave the talk and he tried to not even give the talk. But then, oh, ta-da. Oh, Tom just delivered, Tom the, just the, delivered book. the book. Yeah, yeah. But so it was really beautiful, but it was complete... Uh, out of our comfort zone, definitely out of Jim's comfort zone. And, but it was such a beautiful story that we were constantly encouraged to share. And then we were encouraged to write the book and the 18 summers thing. So, you know, so I started well, after I gave this talk, people said, you need to talk on this more. I said, I'm a real estate investor. I'm not yeah. talking about family. I'm not even comfortable not talking about our, <laughs> yeah. Like, and people said, no, we, we need this, like just some simple strategies to help us not fail at home. And, and that stuck with me. And I remember I got a speaking coach and it was actually this very well-known speaking coach. He's in his seventies and his eighties now. And he stopped me and his real family man. He said, Jim, this is so important what you're doing. You have to remember this. Cause you know, I adopted my two oldest boys at seven and five and then went on to more children, but he would always remind me and I'm still in touch with Joel. He said, remember you got 18 summers. He said, there's 18 of them. He's like, they're still going to be your kids, but I'm telling you, it's different. They grow up, they have their own lives, make the most of those first 18 summers. The years are not all created equal. And that stuck with me, Nick. And, and it gave me a positive push to do something now. Because there's way too much advice out there. And you and I used to get it from, from people. Put your head down for the next five to 10 years, your family will understand. And I probably would have taken that. Yeah, you're doing it for your family. Yes, right? yeah, yeah. but you're absent. And you miss these years that, you know, the age of, of 22 is very different than the age of 12 with your children. And, um, and Jamie and I just kind of forged together, okay, we can in some simple way give aid to other entrepreneur families by showing we're not perfect because our whole platform is like, we wouldn't know how to tell you to be the perfect family because we're not. Just making the most of the time yeah. that you how do How can have, we make the most of the time? Whether they're 5, 15, whether you work full-time, part-time, no matter what it is, but it's that reminder of, hey, time is fleeting, make the most of it. Yeah. It's such a, I, I think some of the best, I think almost all the best things, and I, I often share with our team when we're, you know, maybe they're writing an article or we're doing a video, we're like, some of the most powerful things that people really resonate with is taking something that, maybe not necessarily complex, but it, just whatever subject matter and breaking it down into something that's very simple that people can comprehend in a very easy way. Yep. And and I think that's why, and see, because I have 18 summers stuck in my head, I, I forgot the book's actually called The Family Board Meeting, because it that 18 summer line that you shared there is, has, is stuck with me over and over and over again in my head that when I get the opportunity, if, you know, even if it's a pain in the butt to do something with the family because I have like three other things I got to move and I'm like, oh, it'd be easier just to get these things out of the way that I'm like, oh, I might not get this chance again. 
and then you move them to be able to do them. It's also cost me a lot of money probably on trips to Europe, just for the record. Because <laughs> I'm like, well, they're only this. Age. My wife will be like, hey, you know, I don't know, this, you know, maybe we shouldn't do this this year. I'm like, you know what? We might not get, not get the chance again. Let's, if we're not going to do it now, when are we going to do it? Yeah. Right. So, yeah. You, it's, I, it's a simple math. I mean, that simple math equation. Like when we first met, I mean, how old are the girls now? 11 and 9? No, they're uh, 13. Goodness. And, uh, and not, yeah, almost 10. But, okay, almost 10. Yeah. But, you know, that would have been seven, eight years ago when I first came to speak. And so, Oh, that, yeah. that math equation keeps changing. It moves fast. Yeah. And I can tell you now, like with my 13 year old and she's gone through different stages of her life when she first, you know, went as she started growing up and go preteens and now that she's a teen, you know, all the, the typical things you, that I had never experienced, but I hear about and read about and that type of stuff. And so we've seen these different stages and I can see, see that hanging up, we still have a, a really good relationship. Like it's, you know, but I can see that hanging out with her at eight is a lot different than hanging out with her at 13. Yeah. Right. Her friends are a much bigger part of her life now. Like, you know, more often she wants to spend time with them first and then with the family after. And, and we still spend time as a family together, but I'm like, oh, this is very different where she didn't have those options before. So it was, I'm really happy that we took the time to do the things that we did. Yeah. Right. It's, it's kind of cool. And then, yeah, my, my kids just call it the fair, the, the daddy daughter date, which is great, right? which is like, Hey dad, when are we doing that again? And, and you know, I've, I've been perfect at it for sure. I'm like, Oh yeah, I forgot we got to do that. Right. I think you've been better at scheduling them in way ahead of time, which I got to do a better job at. But, yeah, but it's know. not, again, it's not about perfection. It's just having that even awareness. Mm-hmm. I mean, most people I know that are now practicing this and we figure there's, Probably about 300,000 families practicing our family board meeting strategy, which we're super excited about. And I don't know how much of that percentage, Nick, but it'd be a high of the parents now practicing it. They didn't receive anywhere close to what we're giving our children. Now, yeah. Which is great. And that's nothing against the generation before us, but they didn't know. And so we're like, at least we're, we're, we're changing the course direction for the better. Yeah. Well, yeah, I grew up in a household that, you know, my dad was very rarely around. Yeah. Like he loved us. He treated us well. He supported us. And, but in, in, from the way he grew up in like an, you know, an Eastern European kind of vi- small village yeah. that his dad was never around either. They went yeah. and hung out with their friends. So my dad was out playing cards or, you know, playing bocce with his friends down at the park or working or whatever. But it was like, that was it. The, yeah, that was, that was, I mean, we went on family vacations to Florida with my mom. It wasn't, yeah. you know, it wasn't, it, wasn't it was different. Dad, yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So, and I'm not saying I was hard done by, there's people that have way different childhoods. Like I was loved and supported and all that, all that stuff, but it was just, it's different for sure. Explain just so everyone's got, uh, got an idea the family board meeting. When you say that, just what, what do you, what do you mean? Cause it's a pretty simple thing and you kind of touch on it a little bit, but just so everyone's clear on how you guys kind of run this type of thing and what the, what's in the book. Can I explain that? Yeah, that, do you want me to explain or do you want to explain? You can go for it. Okay, so the family board meeting is is just a, so we believe in putting rhythms into our family life, which are just like scheduled time. It's islands of consistency. Islands of consistency. Things that you can return back to when when the wheels fall off. So if it's Sunday morning pancakes or if it's every Christmas we get our our stocking gifts are wrapped in, in wrapping paper versus just shoved in there you know little things islands of consistency and then rhythms of it's repeated traditions so the family board meeting is a repeated tradition habit or yeah hmm oh yeah so it's a repeat of of time with your children and we set it up in a different strategy where we've all heard about you know family time but the family board might be a little um 
misleading the title. It's actually about one-on-one time with your children. And then the, the updated version that we just released is actually about one-on-one with your spouse as well. Because what we've learned is it's just so important to have that individual time with each member of your family. So this allows you on a quarterly basis to make sure you're getting a day with each one of the members of your family. And then we have a couple guiding principles around it to make sure you get the most of it. Yeah, we learned that too with, with the two kids because you get pulled in so many directions. Yeah. And we only have two, but naturally, Ella, who's the older one, will, will go more towards me and we'll do more things together. And Ava will be drawn more towards Diana, who's my wife. So yeah. that's naturally kind of the way things, way things work within our family. And we see it and then we're separated. Where, you know, so it's not, family time sometimes isn't, you know, entirely family time, right? So it's just kind of, it's kind of weird that way. So, yeah, and I think the thing that you mentioned to me the first time when, in your first, the first version of it, you guys mentioned, it's like for at least, what, three hours, shut off your phones, no electronics, kids get to decide what they want to do. Yeah, one-on-one. Yeah, one-on-one, which is a a big thing for sure. So, yeah, it's it's one-to-one principle. No one else is invited to that time, not your spouse, not your best friend, not their best friend, not a sibling. One-on-one time, tech fasting, so you're not allowed to have your phone or anything on. They're going to plan the day and you go all in. And this is key because we're kind of pushy as entrepreneurs or know-it-alls. Let them plan the day. And you might have a princess party. You might go to a park. You don't know what it's going to be, but you get a lot of buy-in and and relationship building by going in on a day that your child decides to do and build. And I think it's, it, it's just made a big difference in our life and a lot of other families. Yeah, that's cool. And then that's played in. So then this whole, this whole process, keeping this stuff in mind, that played into the building of the new real estate business. Is that, that's how it works. So you were flipping these properties, kind of had this come to Jesus moment, like you've mentioned, like, okay, this isn't, you know, Jamie probably said to like, Hey, what the heck are you doing? And um, again, yeah, again, again, we know Jim doesn't have yeah. a lot of good ideas. So I have to go, go, Very I know, yeah. so course correction, <laughs> but, um, so then, so then how did you then, how did you look to rebuild the business? So you, you're like, okay, I have too many property, like less is more essentially. So then you went from flipping all these properties to you, you mentioned we, built to rent. Well, we started we started to down our portfolio. Okay, we started to sell down the portfolio. So you were holding some of these flips as long term rentals when you were doing them. I think the most we got up to was like 189 properties. They were holding, holding, and sounds really cool. Who was managing them? No, it doesn't sound uh, cool to me at all. At I think first, of the management headaches immediately. <laughs> we 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 self managed for a little while, and then we had uh, um, an outside. Uh, manager that that stepped in and started to manage some of them, manage them, and that's actually how Build to Rent helped, um, because this manager. Hold on, can I interrupt you for a yeah. second? You guys self managed. I don't even know if it's 189. At what point did you get the manager? Was it over 100 properties? You guys were self managing for a time with our staff. So yeah, this was before it was, me. It was, I would have never. So this is, this is before Jamie came in. So this is <laughs> pre 12 years ago. Um, yeah, we were we were up to about 112 probably. Oh, so you had a full so, property management staff. We, you, had a, we had you were a property management we company. Yeah, and honestly, we weren't that good at it. And so I started to sub it out to someone else who's now my building partner. Because now my building partner and his father had a property management company. They took it over. And he owned a lot of these too. And, and we were going, gosh, you know, I think we could get better properties for us and our investors. Because you, you went down and saw the properties, mm-hmm. and older properties, 40s and 50s. You can do a new roof, heating and cooling, plumbing, update, kitchens, baths. 
we call it the three-year curse, Nick. I mean, after three years, you just knew you had to up budget for maintenance and repairs with these properties that we were picking on. They weren't bad neighborhoods. They weren't bad properties, but... They were big repairs, though. But, but yeah, they just had more surprise repairs, which calls for more disgruntled tenants or more capital put in that you didn't think you had to put in. And so what kind of came about was, well, what if we could build our own properties instead of renovate old properties? It was literally that simple. And we went into an experiment with, with my now building partner. You know, we each threw in some development fees and we developed um, about $3 million worth of property that year. And it went okay at best. What kind of properties were those single? Single families. Yeah. Uh, we bought out the, the final lots in a, a nice development um, that a builder had just left like the last, I forget how many properties, lots it was. It was 20 something lots. And we built it out. So there was a lot of great home ownership around, pretty area, newer houses. We built them and um, we kept some and then we started to sell them and, and we weren't requiring people to use our management. And we let a few people just buy from California and they let people move in without mm-hmm. anything. So now all of a sudden they had bad tenants in there. We had to fix it. And so it was a great experiment to say, okay, if we offer, if, if we're going to do this with ourselves and with clients, we need to build it right and manage it right. Full service. Full service. So we designed this full service, and you know that was, yeah, about ten years ago. That first three million, and last year, fast forward, you know, we did like, I don't know, one hundred and eighty-seven million in sales. So yeah, that's so how because now you've, you've as you proceeded, you partnered with, I guess, a larger development company? Uh, when my, or the build, one I did that sorry. first one with was, is now my building partner. Oh, okay. So him and his dad owned the management company and the uh, and the construction company, a small one. And I said, look... 180 uh, properties in a year isn't that small, you would think. I mean, you know, because it's not even like one subdivision because they are kind of spread out as well, right? No, 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 no. The first year, it was about 20-something. And then fast forward nine years later, oh, got it. we did 189 million in sales. So it was a lot more than 180 something properties um, because average property price, three something um, at that time. Those are all ones that were built last year as well, I guess. Well, it's ones that are built and closed out and going under contract. Wow. Yeah. So, and we do a mixture of single family duplexes and quads, all, right. all residential. So we can get that good residential financing, easier to manage. We can pick and build in better areas. We are trying to stay away from the big commercial stuff. It's not really our forte, nor has it ever been my specialty. Um, but we found there's no perfect system, but man, going from these new construction homes in better areas, we were planting better seeds and getting better results, especially when you when you have a little patience and you're you're looking out instead of three to six months you're looking out you know three to five years like and when you say better results are you're talking better longer term or medium term like better better results for the investors over the three to five years that's Absolutely. what you're talking about so yeah I mean Jamie watched greater, that greater equity greater income we, you know we can now compare income. old construction properties you know old rehabs two thousand plus to two thousand plus um, new construction properties the numbers aren't even close. There's less headaches, less maintenance and repairs, less turnover, better resaleability, better growth. Better, uh, better tenants. Better tenants. And the things that come up are, are more predictable. You know, there's, there's warranties. There's also, you know, the things that happen are not catastrophic. You're not buying a new roof three years later or a new air conditioning system three years later. It's a lot more uh, predictable. That's something else that you've brought up in the past that you just said catastrophic. And I, I know, you know, hurricanes and things like that in Florida often come to mind, but you were sharing earlier that with the new construction, that becomes a less of a concern too. Then I guess you had kind of had to worry about that in the past with the older homes. Yeah. So, 
in 2004, uh, Hurricane Charlie hit Southwest Florida, an area that we build in today. And uh, it got decimated. My dad's cousin lived down there. It was really terrible. And the government stepped in and said, no more. Anything built from today forward, you have to build on higher ground. And we're talking going from like two feet above sea level to like 13, 14%. So you're bringing in a lot of dirt. Also, you got to use stronger fasteners, structural design uh, for for windows, for a a larger wind mitigation for hurricane resistance. So it changed the, the building dynamics in Florida completely. Anything 2004 or newer or 2004 and before. And, um, and because of that, there's better insurance rates as well. So Huge. There's, there's less, you know, flood zones. There's less likelihood of getting, your, you know, your insurance, poli- your hurricane policies and such as that. Yeah. Makes you a more desirable. Yeah. Because I, I mean, recently I heard that some insurers were leaving Florida. I think I heard, well, read that somewhere. Well, let's, let's, let's look at that. Last year, the, why they're leaving? Hurricane Ian. Hurricane Ian hit. It was almost a Hurricane 5, which is unheard of. I mean, that is a big, big hurricane. What did that hit last year? Was that the one that, that Miami? hit Fort Myers. Oh, and Punta Gorda. Oh, so, yes, yes, yes. So actually, I think for, for one of the things I'm doing for the Rockstar Group, I actually have that video. And I'm going to show a video the day after Hurricane Ian hit, the eye of the storm, which is the power of the storm. It went over Fort Myers downtown, decimated it. And then it went over Punta Gorda. And that was the one I was just talking about. And when you see the flyover the day after the hurricane, you're going, wait, I mean, there's some trees down a little blow. And there was one spot on one roof where there was, you know, shingles, shingles missing. You're going, this doesn't look that bad. And the reason why? Well, because that was rebuilt to new construction standards in 2004. Why? Oh, because it all got decimated. It all got decimated in 2004. And then everything that got built back had to be these new standards. And so, you know, as builders, you know, me and my partner, we'll, we'll, we'll bitch that we have to bring in all this dirt. Dirt's expensive. <laughs> but it's kind of like when your parents would say, wear your seatbelt. All right, Tom, Nick, you guys are going out, put your seatbelt on, put your seatbelt on. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you get in that first T-bone accident. You're like, I'm so glad I had my seatbelt on. And that's what we felt with this hurricane hitting last year. We had over almost 300 projects going on. And out of those 300, we had four that needed insurance claims. And those four, so you know, the reason why we needed them is they were just freestanding walls. We hadn't been able to tie on the roof before the winds came in. The winds knocked the walls over. And so the insurance had to step in. But we had zero flooding on any of our properties. And most in, most hurricanes, the damage is not caused by the wind. It's caused by the flooding. And so that was our big, like we got a, a, a real confidence booster from that big hurricane last year. And not only did we get that, but you keep hearing in Florida, oh, you can't get insurance. I always follow up that question, Nick, by saying, on what property? Yeah. Because that makes a huge difference. Is the property built at two feet above sea level in 1947, or was it built last year at 14 feet above sea level? Big difference. Yeah, it's funny. It's just like you just, you know, up here, I just read a headline. I was like, oh, that doesn't sound very good. You just you just don't know. Yeah. And you're just getting one facet of something, right? A big insurer leaves. You're like, oh, that's just a big, a big problem, you would think. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, this is what Rockstar does up here, similar to what we do in Florida. Your job, and you're in the trenches every day finding the best team support, whether it's lenders, insurance people, um, that's where you guys step in, right? And with education and, and support where we've had to step in, in is things like this. We've had people come to us and say, Hey, our insurance just jumped from, and I have actually a case study in this. Yeah. Just the other week, a good friend, Jamie knows this and a doctor investor. We've actually spent time at his estate down in Southwest Florida and he's bought a bunch of properties down there. And he sent us this frantic email and he's like, Jim, 
my insurance is going from $1,600 a, a year or to, what was it? It was 6,500 a year. Yeah, it was like five grand jump. Yeah, so it was a five grand jump. Yeah, so it was, and, and I go, well, who are you using? I thought he was using our guy. And again, our guy meaning who we refer to. We have no financial affiliation, but who we personally use, Jamie and I, and who we've referred to, you know, almost a thousand clients. He said, oh, I went with a national group. And I said, well, let's, let's call Chris. So we call our insurance company. Within four hours, we have a new quote. Instead of going up to 6,500, we actually went down $400 to $1,200. So he saved, he almost got charged an extra five grand a year. And this is the importance of having a good team around you, wherever you are, tap people on the shoulder and ask, who do you use? Because there's going to be really bad suppliers out there. Yeah. It matters yeah. a lot to us to have that full service to where everybody that we recommend or everyone that our clients encounter is top notch. It's scary. I got to be honest from the investor side of me is like, it's scary because I've seen so many you know, there's always people. I mean, you guys have been in real estate long enough. You've been in the real estate circles. Yeah, there's so many people making big promises, you know, and those promises last. Every time I hear rent guarantee, I'm just like, oh man, I'm scared. You know, like yeah. we, we, we don't do rent guarantees. Yeah, see, that type of stuff I like. So like, it's weird because I'm the opposite of maybe some some other investors where they want that rent guarantee. But I, in my head, I'm like, it can't be guaranteed because where's the money coming from if the rent's not coming in, right? So, and, and we've seen, I mean, we went out to, um, condo conversions were big for a while here, you know, different townhouse complexes, there were rentals and they were trying to convert them into condos. And, you know, people reached out to our lawyers, our lawyers reaching out to us, hey, can you save this investor, buy these properties? We're like, okay, let's go look at the, let's go look at the project. The, the complex is half done. There's like stuff everywhere. Mm. And I'm just like, how is it, it? It's it's just, you know, and we learned over time, you know, people were getting fake appraisals and that's what they were basing the financing off of. There was just all this stuff. So that whole world, we're just like, stay out of there. And that's, you know, early on is our philosophy was similar to what you learned. We just learned in a different way. Um, you know, we call investing in nice homes in nice areas. Because I'm like, I'd rather put the cost of everything onto the mortgage, mm -hmm. amortize yeah. it over a period of time, keep the money in my pocket. I can usually get high enough rent that's going to cover those extra costs for the better property, typically get better tenants, giving me less management headaches. Overall, the experience is better. And I can then build an actual portfolio for myself versus chasing the needle in the haystack beat up property, having to go in, then you're dealing with contractors. Once you start doing the work, who knows what's going to happen? I mean, you're experienced in this, you, you know, you guys both have done a ton of that stuff, but you know, the average person coming in, it just, it creates a lot. If they're busy with work, family, all these other things, now you have to manage and, and babysit the contractor side of it. it. It becomes a lot for them, right? It's a great yeah. point because our, our whole goal is so that you, it's not a second job for you. You know, yeah. our, our intention is that all you have to worry about is looking at your you know, your uh, owner's statement once a month for 20 minutes. You know? You're supposed to actually be an investor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not not, a, not an assistant property manager. Truly yeah. passive. And, and you, you buy certain properties, you're, you're going to have that. I mean, I think one of the biggest things I've seen in the last 20 years, Nick, is the, the deadly bullet that kills so many new investors is they are looking at what they're trying to achieve over the next three to six months instead of the next five years. Mm. And and what they do then when they're putting that pressure on, it's that pressure of cash flow. And cash flow is important, right? I get it. We want cash flow, but it's only one of the major dynamics for a successful real estate investing portfolio. And what I found is you rush into those worse areas and worse conditions because the projections on cash flow is better. 
It's short term. almost it's short, very short term. Short-handed. It's almost always a mistake. And that's where they get beat up with extra maintenance, repairs, turnover. And so they're out of steam within two years and they're like, screw it, get me out of this thing. Where and they might have bought three or four of these, or they could have bought maybe one good property and they would have been further down the road in those three years, you know, with a little bit of patience, with planting seed in better soil. And uh, and that's again, that goes back to what what we've learned. And again, I mean, we're having more fun and more time now with so much less on our plate. Even even being a partner in this bigger build to rent company, um, I don't have the stresses because I'm not taking that approach anymore. I'm looking five years instead of five months. Yeah, we uh, someone, I think we heard it from Rob Minton the first time. I don't know if he actually said this the first time. I'm sure it's been said multiple times, but it was something that stuck out with me as well in real estate. And he said, um, it's about it's time in the market versus timing the market. And I yes. find that so many new investors, especially, they look at real estate like it's a stock. So they're trying to time the bottom of the market. When, what's the peak? You know, short term, trying to trade it like yeah. a stock. And and for better or for worse, and in, in my life, it's been for better because then when, when emotions come into play, you can't just be like, screw this property, get rid of it, right? Um, because usually over time, it ends up working itself out yeah. well. And I think that's the biggest thing that I've seen. And I don't know if it's just, if it's the immaturity as an investor, because they're new and they're getting in it, I don't mean immaturity in a bad way, they're just getting started. Or if it's just, as a society as a whole, are we, is it harder for us to look for the longer, and, and invest in the longer term, and do things, and look for these long, and make this investment for a longer term, for, for the value that it brings us over time, and not the closer to instant gratification that we think it's bringing us. Which is really such a societal question right now. And it has totally. so much more to do than real estate. Yeah, hundred percent, right? but it is. And, and it goes to, I mean, I mean, it's everything from marriages. Yeah. I was just going to say family, yeah. everything. We're looking for a quick fix that, that gives us a high, a dopamine, a dopamine hit, a little bit of money in our pocket and we're on to the next thing, right? It's not always, it's more of a throwaway culture type thing. Yeah, I think so. Well, because a lot of our consumer goods have become throwaway because they get manufactured overseas and they became cheaper because of that. And that saved us money. And that's there's one thing to that. But they also became uh, cheaper quality and easier to replace. Yeah. 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 You know, like look at TVs now, like if TV stuff's working, you're going to get it repaired. No, you're just going to throw the thing out. You go get another one. Yeah. You know, like there's that type of stuff. And it's funny. We were talking about it in the office recently and I'm not on social media. You know, I, I, I realized years ago that I would spend a little bit of time on Instagram, like 15 minutes. And I was unhappy afterward for no reason. It's, it's not like I compared myself or at least consciously to other people or anything. I've just got off unhappy. So I'm like, if I'm unhappy right now, why do I keep going on? So I just like, I checked out. So I'm, I'm off that stuff. But, um, they were telling me that like, that they feel like it's more normal for even like it married people. So this is younger people in the office. They're like, Oh, we get approached all the time by like, like girls in the office. We're like, yeah, we get approached by like married guys or they're dating or engaged. And they'll just be very open about it because they're just like, it's kind of more um, accepted now that they can just kind of have these these like cheat on their whatever their significant other their partner whatever it is i'm like really they're like yeah it's just maybe it's social media whatever like you know this is just their opinion but it just feels like it's just very normal to them i'm like wow like that was never i don't know if it was the people i hung out with or whatever but when we were single and doing that like i was never really 
approaching people that were married, married or uh, yeah. you know, I never had maybe it was who I am, but I never had people approaching me that were married saying, yeah, I'm married. Let's just go on a fling. That's, that's a different time. Yeah. And I think, yeah, like you guys said, it, there is, there is everyone, everyone wants to go to heaven. No one wants to die. Like you want that higher quality of life, you know, whether it's with wealth, health relationships, but you're not willing to put in the deep values that create it. And so I think people try to shortcut to some sort of thing and then it blows up in their face. Everything. Yeah. All of those things, their health, the relationships. Yeah. That might, that might seem exciting at that. I guarantee the, the, the emotional bankruptcy of a lot of those people. And they're going to go like how you were on for 15 minutes and you didn't feel good. They might be doing this, this against their values that I haven't realized for years, how are they going to feel in a few years going, geez, Oh my God. I invested yeah, I the wrong way. That short term you know, hit for long-term loss. You yeah. know, it's the same way as if we were to do, um, you know, steroids and work out, we could look phenomenal for a short period of time, but then there's so many other things that we completely destroy within ourselves. Same look. thing goes for, infidelity or ignoring your children while you build your business. You know, it's all about incrementally making value-based decisions that lead you to your greatest good and your most legendary life. And it's that long-term gain that we're looking for with our family and with our real estate. I was going to say it's not called steroids anymore. It's called testosterone replacement therapy. Yeah, now it's officially accepted. Okay. There's probably some good people down in Florida that can, you know, so I've I've actually been tested. I've been looking at all my hormone levels and stuff like that just because of the amount I work out recently. Um, They healthy? So they're healthy, but my testosterone is actually on the low range of what's kind of norm. Mm -hmm. And the way the norm works, it's, it's, interesting and i'm going to butcher this a little bit but it's basically like a random group of people yeah so it's like the norm of the average and if the average is going down in society and then that means the norm is now going down as well it's not what it used to be so well, we we so could we, get into a, a yeah. long conversation about this. That. But that's the changes. Of, I don't think we should even go. This is about like the changes and all the things that are being put in our food that our younger generation Diet of men are having lower it. testosterone. Yeah, oh yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm on board with that 100. So yeah, yeah, Jim's been testing his for a few years now. Yeah, and I, and truth be told, I take a low dosage of testosterone. TRT. So I'm thinking about it. That's so. Lo- so, but do you want to get to with a doctor because you you want to make sure for doctor in urology and what not the guy that makes. In his bathtub. That's no, no, you go to and he promises me it's good results. Yeah, I was. I just went to the, the closest goal. I don't know what's what's the equivalent of gold, a gold's gym now, but yeah. whatever the bodybuilding is gym around here, I just went around there and sat in the parking lot for a half hour and I the fixed guy, the problem. Yeah. yeah, the guy with the needle mark in his arm, not yeah. what you want. Yeah. So it's but but You're but so the, true about that that range because even Jim, when Jim falls within normal range, he's not his best self. He's like a bump above. Mm-hmm what normal is and we can really tell he feels his best he looks his best yeah and we do think some of what happened you know i donated a kidney to my father 12 years ago that had some effect on my body Um, sure how can it not you're moving an organ from your body yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. so so we're and that's something we could do a whole nother thing but jamie and i are really into uh, again the legendary life we want to be really fit for our grandkids we don't want to grow old together we want to grow better and and so, and just enjoy. And so we're, we're into all sorts of things of peptides, stem cells. We're, we're, we're you know, we're pretty cutting we edge. more access to that stuff. In, this, in Canada, we don't have as much access to that yeah. stuff. And even in the States, like there's a lot of things in Central America, South America, you get, get even more access to that type of stuff. But it's starting to become more available yeah. through some, some, um, some more sparse channels, but they're out there, especially, um, you know, in certain 
um, certain areas of, of the U.S. Yeah, that's cool. What, one of the biggest compliments I can get from my kids is when my, because uh, it just happened recently, my, my youngest daughter says to me, she's like, Dad, you're so, you're so much fun. I'm like, oh my God, that's so cool. I'm like, why, why are you saying that? She's like, well, you know what? Like whenever we're doing something, we're a little bit crazy, something a little bit crazy. She goes, you're always there. You're like doing it with us, right? Because I'm always like, I'm the, I, I'm like Peter, you know, I don't know if Peter you're Pan. Peter Pan, Pan kid. But I just wanted, <laughs> I, when the kids are like, we're on vacation, there's like something crazy they want to do. And I've never tried it. I'm like, I want to go do that. Like, yeah. I just want to try everything once, no matter how ridiculous it is. And sometimes like, the body's not what it used to be. Like it hurts. Yeah. You know what I mean? I can't bounce around like I used to be able to, but it's just, uh, and it goes along the exact same thing that you guys were saying. Like I, I want to be able to do, I feel fortunate that I'm in a place now that I can do that with my kids now. Mm-hmm. And I want to be able to continue it for, for as long as possible. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, it's something with our, like, what do you want to do with your real estate? Like we saw just sit around and just talk about real estate or just, you could do something in a real estate portfolio every day for 10 hours a day. If you really wanted to get extra granular, or you could sub it out and then look at other things. One of the things besides travel adventure, this is a fascinating subject for Jamie and I, you know, we've health, health and longevity. Like if we can in good conscience be here as long as possible with our, not only do our kids 18 summers, but their kids 18 summers, and maybe even their yeah, kids yeah. 18 summers. Yeah. Why not? And we lead by example. Our boys know, well, all of our children know the crazy stuff that we do to to preserve our health. and Vitamins, and we, peptides. Yeah. Yeah, my my mom, we grew up in a house where like Wonder Bread wasn't around. I used to go to friends' homes and I saw Wonder Bread and Nutella and I was like, what's that? <laughs> and then I put the Nutella on the Wonder Bread mm-hmm. and put it in my mouth and I was like, holy crap, you guys are able to eat this whenever you want? I mean, we had this like dark rye bread that was like a block, you know, and I liked it. I actually, it was normal to me. Like I actually enjoyed it. But now looking back, I'm actually grateful for it because our mom was really into this stuff and our dad was always just on this whatever Mediterranean diet and the same diet that today doctors would say like, you you know, you, he's in very good health at 82, walks, no medication. Neither one of my kids, uh, my parents aren't any medication or anything. And, um, but it's all like fatty, you know, smoked meats and, and that type of thing, bread, bread, like all this stuff, but it's like healthier yeah, 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 versions yeah. of it. And uh, yeah. Well, so that's just, why you and Tom are fit too. I mean, that stuff matters at a younger age. So we don't perfect with our children, but we definitely try to help them eat that because I think it makes a difference in how you're going to age. Yeah. I try to help my kids understand like just some basic stuff, like especially like the colas of the world. I'm like, guys, okay, you really want one, have one, but just know what you're having. You know, they're kids and I'm, I get it. They're going to do this stuff. And I, like in my, in my head, I feel like saying like, don't drink that. Like, just don't have it. But I'm like, okay, have one. But like, and I feel like they know that because they'll, they'll have like, if they want, they really like iced tea. So they have a nice tea with the meal. Yep. They'll be like, but you know, no dessert. Like if we're at a restaurant, they'll have a nice tea, but you know, I won't get dessert. I'll have the iced tea instead. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Like they kind of understand that little bit of trade off and stuff, you know? So I'm the same thing. I'm trying to yeah. guide them without not putting them in an environment where it's like, no, you can't have this. You can't have that. Cause I know what, it, at least in my experience, people that are in that environment and they get out of it, they just explode. Yeah. Right. And they go and get everything that everything they weren't allowed to do. They do it all in, in like in excess. I'm laughing because Jamie has held such a good poker face on this because her enemies are cola and oh. aspartame. Like, Oh, she, she, no, like anything that's so, fat free. So yeah, she's like, sugar. she calls it the chemical shit, shit storm, storm. Yeah. but she's really patient with our kids. But you know, you can vent to each other. She's like, I don't want them eating that shit. I can't believe people make that. Like, and she's, but, but, but it's now criminal. we see with Some our of this stuff's criminal. Yeah. With our, our big guys now, you know, they're 18 and 20. They've held a pretty good line. 
And so it, it worked. I think like you did it a does. good job. They but, come home for family meals all the time. Like they prefer the home cooking. But every now and then, you know, we'll find like a stashed bag of Doritos somewhere. Or an energy drink. And that's, oh, like, oh I, you know, and I told them, I said, I would rather, I would rather find drugs in your room. Than <laughs> <laughs> Be careful what you wish for. Yeah, no. I know. That, I know they're, that, pa- they're past that teen stage right now, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's okay to joke we at this time. You can kind of say stuff like that. But it is so interesting. And I do think that they're healthier and stronger and more fit. And they both are, are very driven by maintaining that and I, I hope that it's by the example that we've well and, and look I think your your daughters are going to listen to you Nick too because you're fit I mean if you're you if like you were not if you were though. like you you wouldn't if you weren't you wouldn't be as playful you'd be out of breath you'd be and it's really sad to watch when that happens with people they're more if you were just completely out of shape smoking drinking eating garbage food wonder bread well they're probably less likely to take your advice to not eat and like yeah, well you do yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, maybe you could be right. Yeah, my oldest daughter actually comes to the gym. She goes to this CrossFit gym I go to. She's only thirteen. She started when she was twelve. It's amazing. By her, I, it wasn't like we didn't force her to go. It was just she went with my wife because she wasn't going to stay home by herself and sit on her electronics all day. And Diana was going during summer holidays, and um, she's like, "Well, I'm here." She hated going. She was so mad that she had to go. She's like, "Why can't I just stay home?" And she went and she ended up doing the workout with uh, with my wife. And then she liked it. She has to go again. And then now it's like, you know, a few times a week she's doing her horseback riding. Then a few times a week she's going to the gym. And she's the one saying, hey, can you take me tonight? Like, it's we're not pressuring her. Well, you didn't it's, make her. You, she got curious. Yeah. That's what's you made so her cool curious. about yeah. Curiosity is awesome. That intentional time that you set with them. So our framework, you know, family board meeting is just a way in which we're introducing that intentional time. And what happens is when you spend intentional time, you find more opportunities to spend intentional time. So your daughter hanging out with your wife for those periods of time now make her more interested in hanging out with other times. Yeah. And you get to know each other and the nuances and you have so much fun connecting again and again and again. Yeah. It's and really cool. Yeah. Even when we were in Europe, she was the one that got up. She can't got up with me. No one else has ever done this. Tom, Diana, like no one that comes as they've always said they're going to. She was the only one got up early with me, came down. There's a gym in a town close to, to where we are that I go to. Sometimes, sometimes I just work out with the equipment we have there. And uh, so I went down to the gym. She came and I have a picture of her with front of the windows, mountains in the background. She's doing like kettlebell swings. <laughs> I sent it to everyone. I'm like, hey, where's everyone else? You know, so yeah, you're exactly right. So it was, it was cool. Like I was... It, it's it's those small moments are really cool. Like yeah. it's that's something like I'll remember. I, I don't know why. I think it's because something that I'm into and that you know because she's able to do it with me. I don't know if she's doing it with me to spend time with me or not. I know it's good for her. I know we're able to spend time together. So for whatever the reason is, I'm going to take it. But even if you it's know? all those reasons, it's still excellent. Yeah. <laughs> and same goes for date night because making those consistent deposits. So as we're talking about, yeah. the more time you spend, the more time you want to spend. Jim and I have a weekly date night, and sometimes. One of us, me, doesn't want to go because I don't like him 10%. for the moment. <laughs> I get 10%, 90%. But I will tell you, every, every single date, I mean, we might be 30 minutes in or three hours in, but, but every single date, there's a moment in which I'm looking at him and I'm like, this is why I'm here. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, date night. And every single time, I think. You want to talk about weekly date? Weekly date night isn't that like key? Congrats to you guys. No, but weekly date night is not an easy routine to keep. You know, because it it, it, people get busy and there's always something going on, and that's that's a testament to you guys that you've you've stuck with that for sure. But let's unpack that real quick because I want to give some ways to make it easy, easier. How about this? Easier. Marry me. Marry. 
I shouldn't laugh at that. No, I you should not be laughing at that at all. <laughs> I was like, wait, where's this going? <laughs> so, but, but the key for us is, is one of the main things was same bad time, same bad channel. What we found is if you're always, a week comes yeah. and goes so quick, if you're always like, well, next week, can we do it Friday? Well, no, I can't do it Friday. And well, can we? Well, and we know this and because then, that's how we started. Yeah, because we were all screwed up. We wanted to but, do date night. And then I, because I was the spouse that felt neglected or less cared. Fair enough, was too. So I was working so much. And so we agreed on a date night, but then the date the day would come and go and, and it wouldn't happen and he wouldn't say anything about it. And or we really couldn't upset. get a sitter. Like We couldn't get a sitter. He wasn't making the plans. The sitter wasn't situated. And so then I was further hurt and resentful. You know, and it's just this backward sliding. So finally when we got on the same page and it was same day of the week, same time, same sitter, everybody in the yeah. house knows yeah. exactly what So you what can schedule expect. the sitter like, and it's like, don't, I'm not going out on a client dinner. I'm not taking an investor call. I'm not... You know, even, even my assistant knows, oh, it's and forever. Wednesday night was date night. Recently, we've moved into Tuesday night because we have soccer on Wednesday nights now with with our littlest guy. And we're like, OK, let's move it. But we consciously moved it. And it's that same time. We always have the sitter. It's lined up. And then once you start to have that, you have rhythm. Now, the second thing you have to do is don't be an idiot like me. Learn from a dummy. Don't bring your phone. I was that guy who was still in such work mode. Oh, let me take this last call, text, email. I mean, that was not a great romance tool. Because it just tells um, the person in front yeah, it's of you insulting. that they're not as I can look yeah. back and joke, and it was, and now my not phone. a great romance no. tool. Yeah, well, and it's the same thing for your children. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. But the same thing for your children or business associates. If your phone is there and whatever is buzzing next to you yeah, is more important sure. than what's in front of you, Man, and it just yeah. makes you think, fine, if you don't want to be here, then get on your phone. Yeah. yeah. It really breeds really I think, great. again, that which we schedule gets done. The one thing, and I've gone to a lot, you know, we've gotten to speak at some pretty big groups, big EO groups, other entrepreneurial groups. And when I ask how many of you have a weekly date night with your wife, like it's less than 10% of, or husband, husband or wife have a date night weekly, less than 10% of the room raises their hand. And then I talk about this and I might go back a year later and it's gone up to 50, 60% because just scheduling it mm -hmm. makes all the difference. Like imagine if you guys were like, yeah, we're going to get the rock star community together sometime over the next few months. Yeah. You know, there's no way you'd have yeah. your next rock star so event. Well, your kids activities, they go the first thing they go in the calendar. Like you said, the soccer, right? Game practice, whatever it is. Soccer's Wednesday night. So yeah. it's always there. If you, it's so easy just to put something else in the, in the calendar, you just don't do it. Exactly. Right? Because, so, you, because you can conceivably do it anytime you leave it, then you never do it. Exactly. And our children are super supportive. Our children are some of the biggest supporters of our date night because now they know exactly what to expect. They, they get to have a fun meal, they get to have a fun sitter, they get to watch a show. They have their own rhythm built around mom and dad's date night. Yeah, I've noticed that because now that my kids are old enough, we can leave them. You know? mm, yeah. So, and they're like, guys, go, go out, you should go out, like leave. And how you, you cool know? to watch your parents love on each so, other. Yeah, it's a great example. Yeah, they don't say that. I think still, I think still here but Ill. you'll see it. When they grow up, you'll see it. Yeah. I hope so, yeah. Well, my so daughter's now like, in, you know, there's conversations with boys coming on. There's a couple of kids, boys that have ended up on the driveway of our house. I'm like, hey, what the heck is going on? It's a little bit new, you know? So yeah, there's those conversations starting to happen too. So that's a whole new. Ooh. That's a whole um, other level. You so, leading, 
by the gentleman that you are and the way in which you care for her mother is the first, That's what she's the first look conversation for. you don't uh, even have to have. Hold on, what's the timestamp? Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna write this down and replay that for Diana a lot. <laughs> um, okay, hold on, let's circle back because we, 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 we covered a, a lot of different things. So um, back to the health stuff because it's just about the... Um, really the long-term approach, the long-term approach that, that how much that matters, right? So people that, and, and yeah, I don't want to go down the health path again. There's a couple of things that came to mind there, but circling back to real estate, is that really kind of the difference you're seeing now? Are you able to have a longer term approach with the bill to rent model that you're having, that you're doing 100%. because you don't have to worry about the repairs and you, things like you that? You don't get burnt out. You're not in, in, in you know, I've, we have real key principles we talk about. One of them is I don't buy fixer-uppers anymore. I know they're a great way for some people, but now that I'm in building new construction rental property. So that's it. You're done. Like, as far as you're concerned, I'm not saying done forever, like a 100%. I'll never do one again. But It's 95-5. I mean, yeah. 95% of what I do is new construction now. You know, that's just what we and work what, in for ourselves areas? and our clients. Uh, we're in about 12 different markets in Florida. That's a lot of markets to be in. Well, we started in one. But the thing, and I could have, I mean, you saw our old model. There is no way I could have picked that model up and moved it yeah. with to there's 10 just, other places. Oh my gosh, no I, would, I would be dead right now. But what about the management? Well, the management. Cause, 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 sorry, because the construction, just so you know what I'm thinking, the construction to move from the, the flips with your crews and stuff to all the different areas in Florida, that would be a nightmare. With, with a building company, you can kind of do it if you're, there's economies of scale, I guess. Yeah, but so we, management would be difficult. So here's what we do for management, Nick. We do not start building in an area and we won't, if we're, we will not go into an area unless we're building at least a hundred properties and we have management set up in that area before we go in. Okay. So, so that's kind of been our, cause I learned, I forget it was a mentor said, you can buy a house at 30 cents on the dollar, but if you don't have management, you can lose money. And, and so management's really important, but it is easier to manage a hundred new construction properties than 20 old fixer upper properties. So the, the leverage and, and ease of being able to manage these properties in better areas and better condition, it's almost like cheating. And I'm okay with this type of cheating. What about the tenant turnover? Tenant turnover, well, look at, look at it from a tenant's perspective. You know, like one of our central Florida markets, Ocala, one of the most affordable markets, lowest hurricane zones. People have done really well there. When we first went in there. So what's affordable? Sorry, I'm, I'm interrupting. Um, just, no, no, this is a great question. Um, right now, those houses are still going in that area for about 240. Oh, okay, and that's a three bed. That's three bedroom, slab, two three bath, 1,300 and change square feet. Yeah, it's the same. You basically yeah. use the same plans for all these yeah. types of property. Okay. Now, when we first started there, man, it was it was even lower, it was 180s. Um, you know, so there's definitely been growth there. You know, there's parking. I think there's park uh, up the street. I was just I just found out a parking spot. This is in Oakville, not in Toronto. Yeah. So up the street from where we are right now, parking spots fifty thousand bucks. That's insane. Wow. Yeah, the, yeah, parking spots, and I, I think in the past, I remember hearing about parking spots for 100,000 downtown, but don't quote me on that, I could be wrong, but 70, like 70, 80 for sure. No problem. Yeah, yeah, so and so when I hear this, and I know I know that's not anymore, but to hear a home start with a one in front of it, it seems strange. Yeah, and we're, we can still get homes with twos in front of it uh, in, in Florida, but with, with management, when we first went out to this area, 81% of all the properties out there were owner occupied. So there was a very small pool of rentals available and the rentals were pretty crappy. They were old, just not quality for yeah. this area. And there was it was it was a good sized population area. So when we go in and start building new homes 
in established neighborhoods. And one of the things we do is, you know, yes, we've built whole communities of rental homes. And we do that for some of the bigger hedge funds and groups like that. But our main business is still working with individual investors. And we have like a thousand we work with right now. But you and I learned that old school rule. Hey, go to an, an area. You don't want to go to an area that's all investor owned, right? That's the tougher turnover. Sure, that yeah. so where we go in and build, we find lots in existing established neighborhoods that have high home ownership. That's one of our our focuses. So we're building these houses in high concentrations of home ownership. You know, nice solid little neighborhoods. There's greater pride. There's, there's greater, greater pride. You know, jobs and once a renter gets one of these, why would they want to leave? You know, there's our our products not a, a readily available. Better schools for their children, safer neighborhoods for them to live in, and they're just a higher caliber tenant because they're receiving a new home, and and therefore they want to stay longer. Mm-hmm. And are you getting a bit of a premium because it's a new home versus the same square yes. footage on another home? Absolutely, yeah, that, that Absolutely. makes sense. Hundred percent. And and what we do again it goes better. It rents faster. Big time. Yeah, typically, and you usually get a better choice. You don't, you know, you're not desperate to rent it. Yeah, and we we now, you know, by there's always course correction, and over the last ten years, we've course corrected and things that used to be, you know, when you work with a builder, you hear about upgrades. We just include the upgrades that we know make a difference. You know, I will never, ever, and you hold me to this, both of you, you will not see carpet going in any of our houses in Florida. It is, Nick, I've gone back in my, for for the warm weather areas I've owned, if I had not done carpet and done floors, I could have bought like two more houses cash with carpet waste money. I just, just the humidity level in the carpet, it probably doesn't go very well at all. But we all used to do it. And so we, you know, everything's vinyl plank flooring. Instead of the butcher block countertops, we're going to spend more for, for the granite countertops. We're going to do the stainless steel appliances. We're going to do the master bath with tile instead of just regular shower kits. Because we know when a tenant walks in, a potential tenant, what are they really looking for? Yeah. And also, if our investors or ourselves want to sell it in seven, ten years down the road, we know the resellability is going to be better with these things in there and as well. you're not going to have to repair them before as much, you sell yeah. them. Yeah. So who's renting the three-bedroom homes on average? Is it a, fam- a young family? Young or, family. You know, yeah, that's yeah. kind of the most common if you had to pick one. Yeah, and again... You smile when you say that. That makes you happy. Oh, it's yeah. nice. Yeah. Well, you're giving them a good place to live, right? right. That's kind of cool, exactly. yeah. Yeah. Respect it's, and safety. Yeah. And, and again, no one in, who lives in our properties, whether it's the single family, a, a, a duplex, or one of our quad units... We're not normally, and not a, we're not normally renting to the senior VP of a company, and and I'm okay with that Working because this class. is, mm-hmm. yeah, and and I like that because I want replaceable income. If we've learned anything in in this yeah. crazy last few years, replaceable income means look, if a senior VP loses his job, it's going to take him a long time to be find another equal position of what he's looking for. But if someone is more working class, hardworking. Normally, if they Skill. lose their job, they can find something else with, within the range, and they also have a certain pride to them, like, I'll take the job, I want to be in this home, and so it's worked well for us. Yeah. The way I've always looked at that is, I mean, I think we've told you this before, but we, my, our dad was flipping properties kind of late 80s, early 90s, and ended up getting caught with um, pretty, at that time, what was a luxury property, and it dropped um, about 40% in, in five or six months. Right. So it was just it, it was just like a, it, a lot of stress on our family. It was, you know, it was just it was a big problem. But as we've progressed, I've always looked at the starter home category. So to your point, this yes. is like the kind of working class. Right. And it, I feel like in any real estate market, it doesn't matter how high priced or how low priced, doesn't matter how active or inactive. The majority of the transactions are always going to incur 
occur in that starter home category, whether people are moving up into that category or down into that category. And if I want an asset, so for myself, I've always looked, if I'm going to own assets, I want assets that are you know, as easy to liquidate as possible. And in real estate, you can't snap your fingers. It's not like, you know, on a website, you just click a button. But I know there's the most demand for that property. Yep. So I'll be able, at some price, be able to liquidate that versus the furnished executive luxury home. I, I can You can get just stuck with that thing for a, a long time. And then, yep. and it just drains on your capital and your cash and it can put you in a bad situation. Yeah. That's it, my belief, Elise. That's no, it makes my a lot of sense. It. It's a consistent, 100%. consistent vanilla. Yeah. You're at a party and there's a bunch of weird flavors offered even if vanilla is not your favorite you're still gonna you know it vanilla. Yeah. you know it it's familiar it's consistent it's well and there's, a, there's a bigger pool of buyers and renters yeah. for that vanilla they yeah. want that and so but it doesn't vanilla is safe yeah yeah but it doesn't make for a good story at the party like we were talking about with real estate to start with when you tell people you're like oh i just own these properties it's like oh okay they just want to move on to how many doors or what kind of big and bad splashy thing, you know, like it's just, it's just, it's not sexy. There's no sex appeal to it at all. And that's yeah. why right? I said earlier, 200 doors, 200 houses sounds really sexy. Yeah. It sounds amazing. However. Yeah. The problems that come. What happens it. behind the scenes is important. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's, I, I am a huge believer in, in the affordable markets because also the big builders. So, you know, they, they need, bigger spreads you know we're a low margin builder the big national home builders we sell them finished lots but they they look for huge spreads that's why they're building those bigger fancier homes that you're talking about that other people want to own where the numbers don't work because they need those big spreads we're willing to take less the builder needs the big spread and and since the builder needs these big spreads and this is really important you'll never see almost never see a national home builder building something as fundamental as like a duplex you know, so as you know, yeah. you came down and looked, we build duplexes in, in really nice established neighborhoods. And what does that do? Well, it allows people who want to be in those you know neighborhoods to be able to afford it because some people can't afford the single family home. But the duplex is just enough less and it still gives them that you know feel of their own yard, an established neighborhood instead of an apartment complex. And no one else is building them. I mean, it's such a low percentage of the overall build, like in an area like a state like Florida where it's needed. We see it as as such an opportunity. Get to, for, for anyone that's not familiar, like that's listening, the the rents you guys are talking about in these areas. I know it's going to depend on the area, but what's the? Can you give a little bit of a ratio? So if you, uh, call it the single family. Maybe the single family one is it? Is it? You know, you're buying at somewhere between what two seventy five to three twenty. You're gonna five? you're gonna go probably between about like we said two forty five to to high threes to high threes. Okay, so yeah. there's that and, much of range. And there. so there can be, and that can bring you from, you know, the the the. Yeah, it's I want to say range. as low as yeah, it's and it's no longer as low as the fifteen hundreds. We're talking more like the this about six high 16 17s up to 2700 okay so the numbers are still pretty solid on on that for the return and yeah. the important thing that we've learned as you said I'd rather put it into the mortgage that was really powerful what you said yeah. I've done the numbers where I'd rather put it into that mortgage instead of the next four to five years of maintenance and repairs. A hundred percent. Coming out of your pocket. Yeah. And two, you're gaining equity in a new property a lot faster than than with some of the old ones. It has more upgrades. It has more. Which we've yeah, seen happen. I, I, would, I didn't think that was going to happen, but it did after we did that whole comparison of our old model versus our new model. Mm -hmm. Once we had a good like seven years of proof of concept with build to rent, we're like, let's really compare them. What you and we see, were shocked. 
And, and you guys, and we're running a little bit long, but I just want to ask just lastly about Florida, just what you guys have seen there re- over the last couple of years, because it's been mm. like, I, I know there's just been this influx because while it was, it was one of the only safe places you could go. Free Every states. place else was yes. like, everyone was in real danger. So they had masks and stuff and you guys didn't have masks. Well, we people. Were, I, we only were, I, we, I, we I, the only time I saw a mask is when I called you on Zoom. <laughs> 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 Canadian joke. Take that back. I will. I'm sorry. <laughs> so not, not only did we remain open, which is, which is very friendly and. But it and, attracted a lot of people. It did. And we Huge. have a, a landlord friendly state. Yeah. So when other people in the country and in other countries were at a rent moratorium, you uh, owners weren't allowed to collect rent. I know California renters, just started again. Renters were allowed insane. to default and, and, and the, the landlords holding the mortgages were just supposed to not pay. Them, I always not get paid. That was excessive. Florida, Florida, it, it that was, didn't happen. So we didn't have really. I didn't know there that. were no moratorium. We had good friends. Remember Glenn and Amber? They moved from. They had a great portfolio. They they took like a really solid approach. They built a great portfolio in upstate New York, and it, and it had been working in cash flow for them for years. And it almost almost put them into put to the financial under. toilet. Because, but they moved to Florida, but they, again, they couldn't collect rent. And I guess- Why we choose Florida. And that's one of our, that's our market because landlord friendly. It's another one of our principles. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Is there political risk to that though? Because someone can come in and change those rules. There's there's political risk. But I guess that's everywhere. I mean, there's political risk. Here's what I'm seeing. There's certain people- We do have Trudeau where you might get your bank account locked, just for the record. So if you're talking about investing in Canada, there's political risk here, Um, right? So I think I joked earlier with your brother, I like to be able to collect my rent. And if truckers want to protest in Florida, we're all for it. Yeah. So, um, but but putting it this way, um, we, we, believe that Florida will continue to be free and the, the reason why, or when I say free, free in the way that they handled COVID. We, we liked it. Not everyone agrees with it. We appreciated it. Um, and I think it'll continue. The reason why is first of all, the governor that's there is going to continue for a while. And secondly, it attracted more people who liked that. And we had way more growth, but some people left and they didn't like the way that it's handled. And Hey, more power to you. But we seem like there's been more of a solid pace. Like, we don't have to agree on everything, but if something like that happens again, we're not closing up. There's mm-hmm. so many we're, people we're that look came at to Florida because, because of that. that. Yeah, because yeah. of that. I mean, it's such a huge, it was like 2005 all over again. And, and the growth where we where we live in Florida, the growth was astronomical. I mean, we're still not, we're, we're still not able to keep up with it, which cash, is great for a building cash position. Cash offers, sight unseen, yeah. people fighting. Over, I mean, really and truly. It's it's an it's a place where everybody wants yeah. to be, and there's yeah. not a, enough going around, and especially for that affordable home and and, and that's that what I was wondering. That we well, heard. even even with the growth, you know, converting the numbers, our like Jacksonville is one third the price of Toronto. Toronto. Yeah. Yeah, that's when I, I'm going to check you on those numbers, but you're in the range for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so, but then, did, but so, you do feel there's upside left. But oh, you're still like you. You just well, said there's still lots, lots of demand coming in, and, and people looking down there. Yeah, what creates upside? Well, I mean, we're still looking down there, right? We, we know what creates upside, right? And we want to be able to. Ha- is is there still population growth, economic growth? What's the affordability index? Yeah. Affordability index is okay. average family income for the average price of a home. We still have extremely healthy in the markets we build in in Florida, and we're cash flowing new construction properties right off the bat. Yeah, and so that tells you, like, we went up a lot. But remember, Florida was forever very, very undervalued. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. It was when I left Florida. I mean, when I left California in 2005 and went to Jacksonville, Florida, 
Jacksonville was by far the most affordable coastal city in the United States. And those words don't normally go together, affordable and coastal city. And so that just tells you where we start on our hub. I don't know why I'd have to do the research on it, but that's the fact that remains. The, the, these price points in Florida have been so much lower than other areas and our taxes and being in the right market and insurance can be just as fair. And so now we're just starting to catch up. We're starting to have some normalized, but we definitely see more room for growth. Hmm. And if investors, so what's the process? Investors reach out to you. How did, so how does this work? So an investor reaches out to you guys. And then, so, um, I can, well, you know, someone from New York, Canadian reaches out and says, Hey, I'm interested in this, this type of thing. How do you guys work with them? Yeah. So really important. You are not getting a construction loan for any investors out there. Like, Oh man, I built my own house in the construction loan. We take that risk on. You put up a deposit, we give you a finished product. Uh, and right now we're in a really healthy balance sheet situation where we are building properties without even contracts on them. So we have about 6,000 lots in Florida. We're building out a, a, a different array of single family duplexes and quads. As we build them, even though it's new construction, you don't need to wait 12 to 14 months. You can close on them in less than 90 days, a lot of the time. So all you do is put up a deposit, have one closing, we continue to manage it. If you're looking to start with us, you're going to want to sit down with one of our property specialists. What are your goals? What are you looking to do? What's the capital that you're looking you know, to put into work? Um, do you have fears of hurricanes? Do you, are you looking more for this type of growth or more cash flow? And we try to then set up their starting points in different markets and, and they are able to choose from a few properties that, you know, we think would fit them best. And, and most of your investors, they don't like they, like I'm just thinking myself, I wouldn't know these areas at all. So you know the areas you mentioned, I'm like I don't know. I yeah. I know Miami, Orlando. And, uh, you know, it's you know I know Disneyland, <laughs> which is awesome. And 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 before I forget who I was talking to, um, we don't invest in Miami, we don't invest in Tampa, we don't invest in Orlando, and everyone's going wait. Well, where do you That's invest? Florida. Yeah. yeah. And, and so all those <laughs> areas there. Where where are areas you know still undervalued? And that's where we are in the areas that are having high growth. And we considered that are under. So you give people an idea of like, this is what this area is like, or here, you know, I guess. Yeah. Right. Some are more country, some are more coastal. And really what's beautiful about our, our sales specialist is that they really want to see you reach your goals. And most of our uh, clients end up buying three to five homes in a short period of time because they are in it for the long, the long run. And our yeah. specialists are there to design, are designed to help you build toward those goals. You yeah. know, so many of our clients have retired from their businesses and now they only, you know, check their sheets for the 20 minutes a month and get to enjoy their family the rest of the time. We hear stories yeah. after stories of that, of how we really uh, helped others yeah. use that passive income to create the legendary life. I gotta be honest, this is the first time that we would, like, you know, that I would feel comfortable, that we, we've told this before, that we feel comfortable sending people to someone in the US that someone that I can really trust has people's best that I feel has people people's best interests at heart has a team behind them has all the pieces in place and we were talking about this before like we weren't even able well, even if we wanted to kind of do some stuff together we couldn't even do it we talked about it for years, years. Ago, right? yeah we were like well why don't we do something and it, there was the finance block there was no financing it was basically pay yeah. cash or nothing or there was maybe as we joke, there's one lender I've heard about out of Miami, right? There's always yeah. that one. And so, yeah, but they now, carry the suitcase and don't look yeah. for, for, for me lender. <laughs> but now we actually have lenders 
Uh, one will be joining us at the Rockstar event, who's done, he's bought several properties with us, he's done hundreds of loans, he has a great international product that we're using. So that gives people the chance who want to come over the border, maybe they want to diversify out of political concerns or better pricing, they're believing in the US dollar or, you know, Florida itself. Uh, we're just trying to fill that niche. And, you know, we've, I mean, again, we've talked about this for years, it might be the right time. Who knows? I don't know. I, I just think there's more and more Canadians looking for um, options. And, 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 you know, I know these are rental properties, right? So yep. there's built to rent, they're rental properties. But it's, it's for, for me, the reason, you know, the, the, where our, our interest comes from is then, well, then I have some of my assets outside of Canada and they're accumulating U.S. dollars. U.S. dollars. And, you know, I know people have different opinions of the U.S. dollars. And we've, we've talked about Bitcoin and gold and all this other stuff. But as far as currencies around the world go, you know, if, if you want the Canadian dollar or the U.S. dollar, well, my choice is the U.S. dollar, right? So you're just accumulating something, some other assets elsewhere in other parts that just give you some options. And I yeah. think if anything that's become clear over the last few years to Tom and I is that we want more options in our life, not less. Yeah. Right. For Whether it's for us, our kids in the future, like maybe this is a rental for 10 years, but... I don't know, maybe my daughter goes to school and fly. Like you just never know, never right? Know. Or And I just also look at it as a foot in the market there that maybe I sell that place in Florida because they go someplace else in the US, but those, you know, everything's down there already. I just feel like it's a little bit easier. So, yeah. But yeah. Uh, cool. Okay. Uh, and if someone wants to reach out to you, What's the best what, email, website, email address? What's uh, the best if, thing? If they're looking to learn more about everything we talked about from build to rent to, you know, trying to create a better family life, jjplaybook.com is a great starting point. That talks about kind of our passive income playbook in real estate and family life. Okay. And that's your new book that's coming out. It is. It'll be okay. Out, uh, the passive income playbook will come out. Releases February 4th. Okay. So JJ Playbook for the book. jjplaybook.com is kind of an overview of, of our overall our story. Family strategy and real estate strategy, which teaches you build to rent. Okay. So that's a great starting point if you want to learn more about and it. And the family board meetings, this one, the third edition, that's on Amazon. Family yeah, board right. meetings on Amazon and Barnes and Nobles. So you Anywhere can. Anywhere you can buy books. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's two things. You guys got a lot going on. <laughs> and then if, if you have specific questions about about these investment properties in, in Florida and what you guys are up to, if they're interested in that, it's just what Rockstar at, is it, it's SI Homes. FL.com. So, so it's rockstar at SI and then homes, homes plural. plural. So homes with an S. FL.com. Okay. Cool, guys. Anything else you want to share? Oh, it's always good to see We're you good. guys. It is. Bye. I'm glad. I, I, it's really cool that you came up as well, Jamie. It's, it's, yeah. Really she brings up the curve a little. So. <laughs> and, and the one. It's not hard. I got to be honest. The one thing that, that I'm reminded of for as long as we've known each other, we're getting old, dude. I just got to let you know that. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I do. Like, there is some. There are times I look at myself in the mirror now. I see pictures. More I see pictures of myself and I'm like, wow, I'm just starting to. It's not. I'm not but we're aging well. No spring I, we're getting I, old, I, but we're aging well. I looked at those pictures and the, what, is, what was the first thing I said? I said. You boys oh. aged well. Wow. I said all three of you aged really oh, well. Oh, that was nice of you. Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness, absolutely. Yeah, well, Jim kept his hair. <laughs> Tom and I are struggling with that one. <laughs> all right. We'll get you some vitamins for that. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thank all right, I hope you enjoyed that episode. And if you're looking for more information specifically about the Florida properties that Jim deals with and is and and, and develops and, and works with investors on, the website is sihomesfl.com. And of course, if you're looking for more info on the family board meeting um, approach and strategies, that book is available on Amazon. And it's it's a it's a quick read. I have a copy here. It's about a hundred and looks like about 110, 120 pages. Uh, easy read, but I can tell you that it's it's. Quick 
quite valuable and it's been beneficial to me personally in my life and and some of the things that I've done and decided some approaches I've taken with my kids that, that I think have been been valuable I won't know for another 10 or 20 years I'll see how they turn out I'll tell you for sure if it's worked but in my opinion so far it seems to have worked out so that's it for today I hope you guys enjoyed it and until next time your life your terms